This is the SCT Show. Here are your hosts, Tanbir Rana. Nope, GM fucking bat 1000. It's not, it's never, it's not possible. You can't bat 1000. And Nam Man. Jim's like literally like probably struggling. Like, what, what is this? Nobody told me that there's math involved in this job. <laughs> Season 2. What's up, Vancouver? Season 2 SCT show. Roger Shergill filling in for Nam Man. You forgot about Siri, buddy. Sorry, part of Vancouver, <laughs> Metro Vancouver. Yeah, okay, cool. Recording live from our studios in beautiful Surrey, British Columbia. Roger Shergill. Tanvir re- Rana, Nam, uh, Ryan Lee Hall. Surrey is where the real fans live. Yeah, real <laughs> fans are from Surrey and Abbotsford. Yeah. No, fuck Abbotsford. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Uncle Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vancouver Canucks in the midst of a five-game win streak defeated the Calgary Flames last night by a score of 5-2. to two. And the narrative behind this team prior to this win streak was like, what is happening to the Vancouver Canucks, right? Travis Green, let's fire him. Mm-hmm. Fire Jim Benning. That's what was trending all over Twitter. Mm-hmm. It were some of the most like idiotic takes I'd ever oh, yeah. heard from 100%. Canucks fans all over Twitter. And, and what makes me upset about that the most is the fact that like the fan base is so overly negative. They're fickle, man. The but fan base is fickle. But it's not necessarily <laughs> like criticism of Jim Benning or criticism of 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 whatever that you might want to say about management. It's just like criticism that like you want this team to not even. It seems like the fans, some fans at least, don't want this team to to win. Yeah. And so like when when I hear um, the fact that like you know this team goes on a two or a three game losing streak like they did later earlier on in December or later on in November. Um, Everybody was saying, yeah, this team is coming right back down to earth. And now they're winning five straight. And I don't necessarily hear that same support. Do you know what the narrative is now, though? Yeah. The, the narrative now that they've won five straight is it's all because of the goaltending. And the goaltending is the reason the Canucks are so good. The team sucks. It's just Markstrom is just playing out of his mind right now. Yeah. And that's the reason the Canucks are I mean, on this winning streak. And a lot of it is probably true. I think you yeah, would agree. For sure, yeah. But it's it's goaltending and it's Elias Pettersson is the first line. Exactly, yeah, for sure. But isn't goaltending part of the team? Yeah. And you could say that, oh, like, Markstrom's going to come back down to earth and the team's going to start losing games again. And you could make that argument if you want. But at the end of the day, goaltending is a part of the team and you never apologize for elite goaltending. And we've gotten that. And Demko didn't even have to be that good last night. No, yeah. Right? And that was his first game back. Um, after injury, and you know that was pretty scary as well. His second concussion, yeah. um, but he played well, mm-hmm. and he never, like you said, he never had to play well. But it was good, like having that insurance, just yeah. knowing that okay, it's his first game back. He battled back from injury, and he played well. He had to, he's made the saves that he needed to make, including mm-hmm. a couple of really nice ones. And now you can put Jacob Markstrom in for the next game or whatever. You just you just have that insurance policy there with Thatcher Demko. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to be honest though, I didn't really get to watch the game. As you know, I was at the Seahawks game. Yeah. But I was keeping tabs on what was going on for sure. Like I was. You took dirt- a CenturyLink shotgun. Yeah, exactly. I took a shotgun, Jake, at CenturyLink, and it, I was surprised that the team. I watched the highlights when I got back home. I was surprised that the team won this game. I watched the LA game prior. Yeah. Um, and that <laughs> was, was more of the, the, I think the team was just not, like, they were more waiting for the Calgary game. They were looking ahead, and that's why we got that 
crappy effort, and maybe that's why they played Markstrom that night. Because my my prediction was heading into the Calgary game that they were going to lose. Honestly, yeah, like, I, I was too. like Calgary was coming off a five one win versus Edmonton. Yeah, Vancouver dope. got shit kicked against LA. They ended up pulling out a win, but yeah. they they didn't deserve to win that. I, game. I believe the Canucks are better than Calgary, and you, you know I said this beginning of the year, and I, I I've always been the first one to say the Flames are overrated, but I also thought that this was going to be a scheduled loss because at the back to back, they got in Calgary, I think, like, 1 o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock in the yeah. morning. Um, you know, it's harder to prepare for that. The, the Flames are waiting for you to come in. And the fact that the team showed up to play, it just shows you what this group is about, man. And and this time, uh, you didn't need the goaltending to be great to win. So now what's the yeah, excuse for the well, better the Cal- bros? The Calgary Flames, like, if this is a Flames podcast, you're out here talking about, like, how their goaltending sucked yesterday. Oh, that's so that, You know, so, like, the Canucks... Big pussy day. Yeah, so it wasn't about necessarily, like, the Vancouver Canucks having an all-out great game, mm-hmm. even though they did. Like, Tyler Myers played great. Tanner Pearson played great. Yeah. Vertanen had a good game, right? Vertanen's so, had many good games. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about Jake Vertanen a little <laughs> bit. I know you've been itching to get to that. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Um, but just overall, like, I think the team played well um but like the the biggest thing with the i think the fan base in general that you need to sort of remember is that okay there's there's a certain group of fans saying that this team is gonna come back down to earth and this five game win streak is is nothing like don't worry about it at the end of the day in april all these canucks fans that are saying they're a playoff team i'm gonna save these receipts yeah. And then, like, we'll find out what kind of team they truly are. They're not a playoff team, and Jim yeah. Benning is sucks or whatever. Like, that's that's what you hear on Twitter. Yeah. In reality, yeah, you're right. What like, would you the, say the percentage of those fans are? I would, I'm going to say it's high. I'm going to say it's higher. I would than, say thirty. No, I'm going to say it's, I'm going to say it's majority, man. On Twitter, on Twitter. Majority, I'm not saying I'm not I saying overall Canucks fans, but the the amount of Canucks fans that are on Twitter specifically. Is it because that's who you follow? <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe I think it might be because I, I personally I, think I it's more. See, 60 40 uh like Like, uh, i I think that like people that i think that people that feel like this team is going to come down to earth and listen you're right this team is going to come down to earth they're not going to win five straight and then lose one and then another win five you know what i mean yeah they're going to balance it out a little bit especially the schedule going forward gets a little bit tougher but the question is like could this team be a 60 percent win team going forward like could they win six out of ten could they win seven out of ten? Could they get a couple of points where they didn't deserve it? And they've already hockey. and they've already done that in the past. In the past, like this season, mm-hmm. we've already seen Markstrom play out of his mind. We've already seen Demko have some great games. So, like, they're going to need to rely on their goaltending. But that's the kind of team this is. Nobody but knows. Nobody's saying they're a Stanley Cup team. The the people that say relying on your goaltending is bad, that's complete horseshit. Do you know why? Because guess what? The, the the Boston Bruins in 2011 relied on Tim Thomas to win him games. And he won him the Stanley Cup. Jonathan Quick, throughout the 2012 playoffs, fucking the LA Kings relied on Jonathan Quick to fucking win him the Stanley Cup. He was the Conn Smythe winner uh, for a reason. Um, you don't apologize for good goaltending. Yeah. Having a good goalie is part of having a good team. Yes. You know, like, people need to understand that. And Jacob Markstrom, holy shit, this guy's, un- like, I'm not lying. Like, I did not expect this out of him. Yeah. But, the, like, back in my mind, like, the back of my mind, I sort of had um, hope that he would be uh, somehow become the goalie that he was when he got drafted. Remember when uh, yeah, in the well, World Juniors? He was the best yeah. goalie not playing in the, in the NHL. NHL. Yeah, yeah, he was. And in the World Juniors, man, they were hyping this guy up like no tomorrow. I remember like the Team Canada, that Cody Hudson on that team, uh, John Tavares on that team. Yeah, you're right. And like the biggest thing with Markstrom is that 
he's kind of old school in the sense that he took later to develop. Exactly, a lot of the newer yeah. goalies like Matt Murray, Vasilevsky, um, all of these guys are starting to come up a lot younger, mm-hmm. right? But he like progressed so much later. So people were even Thatcher Demko was coming up early, uh, but. Like he progressed later, that people I think Canucks fans were getting a little worried. Yeah, and then not, not just that, Markstrom. Yeah, he pro- progressed a little bit later. But have you noticed that goalies that come in uh, at a young age, like Carey Price? Yeah. Obviously, Carey Price had his struggles. Remember when Halak took the net and everything, and then in, in his mid twenties, he had his best years. So well, he, from like his mid twenties to thirty, he had his best years, and now you're starting to see Price not look like the Price before yeah and like he's and not just price but like goaltending in general that's weird usually yeah it's weird it's so weird but usually (laughs) players like or goalies come in like at like 26 27 Mm -hmm. and then they start ripping it up like look at jordan binnington or whatever like when was he drafted and now he's finally hit his stride after so many years Mm -hmm. right so it it happens it takes a while it's unpredictable man and now jacob markstrom is playing great yeah who knows and markstrom could have a uh could go on a like a slump. Who knows? Goaltending yeah, is totally. goaltending is unpredictable. The, like Markstrom could be so good this year, and he could have one of the best years of his career. And who knows? Maybe when we sign him to the contract, he could just plateau. He could just like not be the goalie that uh, he was playing. He maybe he's not going to be the goalie that he was last year but, before. You know, like yeah, goaltending is so unpredictable. It is unpredictable, but, it, it's, but it's also it's also like. It's also reassuring to think that he had a good season last year. And his season last year yeah. was good from pretty much the whole year. It was good from December all the way till the yeah. end of the year, right? It's not like he only had two or three months that were good. Mm-hmm. And now he's been good since October. Mm-hmm. And you could only pinpoint a couple of games that, were, that weren't the greatest games. And every goalie is going to have that, yeah. right? So Jacob Markstrom has been obviously like the team's, one of the team's um, uh, elite players this season. And yeah. it's literally won them games on many yeah. occasions oh, so yeah. far this and year. And the one thing I've loved about Markstrom and the Greens does it all the time. He's super, super competitive. Yeah. He hates when a go, go, go to yeah. gets past him. Um, you could just tell he shows, he shows frustration sometimes. But that's good in a way. You know, every, every player has different ways to motivate themselves. And you could just tell Jacob Markstrom is one of the hardest working goaltenders in the league. You could just tell. And look at Quinn Hughes, and you don't see any frustration when he plays. And he's just like a robot, you know? Like the way every athlete has their own ways of being successful. And with Markstrom, it's more like he's just like, you know, yeah. put together a different way. And it's fun to watch him. He's, you know, last year I was one of the few people that said maybe we should trade Markstrom. Trade him right now, his value is high. And a lot of that was me not having full faith in him <laughs> to become the goalie that he has become. And can you blame me, man? Like, this guy hasn't hadn't really had a resume. And, like, now you, the way he's playing, my God. Like, I'm flip-flopping, man. I am <laughs> flip-flopping today. Like, you know, he's, he's a good goalie, man. Yeah. You don't get rid of a good goalie. And, like, am I going to have a narrative the whole time and say, oh, we should still trade Markstrom because he's playing so good? And... And 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 it end up hurting the team going forward. No, I'm gonna change my stance on the way Markson's played because he's showing me that he's able to do it. You know, throughout uh, maybe throughout the season. Yeah, which is which is great. Let's uh, let's let's flip flop to another subject. <laughs> yeah. Roger Zergil and Tanvir Rana, Jake Vertanen is playing really yeah. good right now. He's scoring goals. Mm-hmm. He's finding points. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Last night's goal was lucky. Last uh, night's goal was lucky. I'm don't not, give uh, me. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You guys can talk shit. I'm not gonna burst your bubble. Okay, I'm not gonna burst your bubble. Just before that, before that, he hit a fucking crossbar. He did. So he hit a crossbar before that. You know, and then he gets a bounce. So yeah, no. So that's when you're playing good. You're you're playing lucky. That's what it is, right? You're gonna when you're the but he also got unlucky. The puck's gonna find you. He also got unlucky there too. At the end of the day, he's playing well. Yeah, and that's why he's scoring goals. You saw Tanner Pearson went like 15 games without a goal, and now all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, he is. Right? Tanner so, Pearson, wow. So we'll talk about great, Pearson great as well, but too. we'll like w- w- with Vertanen. Do you trade Vertanen if you're the Canucks? That's a really good question. And I mean, in my for opinion, me, as a fan, I want the best for the team. Yes. And I don't like as much as I love the way Jake Vertanen plays. He's one of my favorite players to watch on the team. Uh, I I I root for him to do well. I root for every one of our players to do well. I, I'm I hope Louis Erickson plays well. Like I'm not like rooting against Louis. Yeah, Erickson, and, you know? and Louis is in a yeah, weird position right now. Again, we're gonna talk about the second line yeah. too. But yeah, for me, Jake Vertanen trading him makes no sense unless you're trading him for a younger player that has. Uh, high. Uh, he has a high ceiling as well, and it has to be a defenseman. Okay, so, but here's here's the thing. Okay, I can probably name maybe four players on the Canucks right now, like Jake Vertanen, Troy Stetcher, Tanner Pearson, and then prior to the injury, uh, Josh Lebo. Mm-hmm. Those four players, in my opinion, are guys that you can move, mm-hmm. free up a little bit of cap space with a guy like Tanner Pearson, extract some value for a guy like Jake Vertanen and Troy Stetcher, and then your team. So you'd rather keep can't. Pearson and no, 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 Lebo but I'm saying, I'm over saying, those two. I'm saying if those four two guys, if those four of those guys, if you can deal them, mm-hmm. and your team can get better, you do that trade. Because at the end of the day, right now, like the way that Troy Stetcher has played over the last couple he's of years, well. he's played well. Yeah. But what's his value? And what do the Canucks need? The Canucks right now are looking desperately for a top six winger. They hope Michael Furlan was going to be that guy. He's had too many injuries. Jake Furtanen, I don't know if he's a top six winger, but he's a third line he's player. He's playing like a top six winger, and but he's that, playing no, on the third line. But he's playing on the third line. That's the point. But he's playing. Dude, but, you could make the argument that third line has been better than the second line, the, other than Tanner Pearson. We we will talk about that. But yeah. no, what I'm saying is that the, the third line is in a very offensive role. You don't role. fuck that, that with that so, third line, though. So you don't mess, That's what I'm saying. So you don't yeah, mess with the third yeah. line. Vertanen is a third line player right yeah, now. He's, the Canucks, he's and playing he's playing well. exceptionally. Yeah. In that role, yeah. But if you push him in a top six position, he might change how he plays. He might change the way he plays. It might be different. To be fair, when he was put on Miller and Petey's line, I thought he looked well. The thing was Brock Brock Besser did not look good playing on Bulls line, so Green had to get Besser going. And well, Jake was playing fine. Jake was actually uh, they were playing a lot in the offensive zone. Um, I'm pretty sure our friend Chris Faber could help us with that uh, with the analytics behind that later on on the show. Um, he was playing well. The thing was Brock Besser was not playing but the as po- well the point without is though, PD. The point is, though, those four guys that are listed, like, you're going to try to grab some okay. people of value because the point the Canucks no, are trying to do is no, get a top six no. forward. Okay, this is what you do. This is what I would do, personally. You'd let Josh Levo walk. And I love Josh Levo. I thought he was playing well. Um, well, he brings, yeah, that, he brings an element. Uh, he's a UFA. He brings. He's a, a little bit of an older player. And that's. I think he's earned enough... Uh, like I think he'll get a contract in the league again, he's just because he's a he's contract. a good enough he's a good enough player in the league where he could play in a bottom six role. And to be honest, I thought he did a, a good a he really a good, job, good job good job here. But at the end of the day, we don't have the money to re-sign him. So at the end of the day, you just let him walk, or you could trade him at the deadline. But again, he's going through an injury right now. No team's going to see any value in that. So best you know, most likely what's going to happen is we don't re-sign him as a as a free agent or as a UFA. Um, with Troy Stetcher, it gets a little bit more tricky. 
Um, you're going to have to maneuver some cap and figure out a way to keep him because I think he's a perfect bottom pair defenseman. I think you deal. Team. I think you deal him. You could deal him. You can. Uh, I'm not. But you're dealing him for a forward, this, and you're the, banking on the fact that a guy like Rafferty is good, or you're getting a defenseman, yeah, a agree. veteran defenseman. I agree. Back. Rafferty's doing playing well in the AHL, so you could go and replace him with Stetcher or something like that, right? But the thing with Jake is that third line is playing so well right now that it is. The third line is playing so well right now that messing with that chemistry is not smart. And in my opinion, yeah, he's built value here. And you could, I, I understand the aspect of selling high on a player. Um, that's pretty much uh, people saying that, okay, he's not, gonna, he's not going to be able to keep this up, right? But, but okay, but the point is, though. Like I said, a younger player. But here's trade. the thing. There's a couple of things, though, right? The Vancouver Canucks, we know there's a couple of things we know. Yeah. And we know that they're looking for a top six winger. Mm-hmm. And now you you make your decision. Like, they're not trading a first-round pick, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they traded a Miller. They're probably not trading a second-round pick. Uh, what are you going to get for a third? Nothing. And then for uh, and then, then after that, you're looking at your a prospect. A top-six winger. But okay. after that, you're looking are at your you prospect. Tra- are you trading Jake Vertanen for Tyler Toffoli? I'm not doing that, no. Okay. Not are for you trading? Are you trading Jake Vertanen for Chris Kreider? I can look at that. You would do that? I can look at it. I got to see how Chris Kreider is doing and stuff, but I would look at that. Let's look it up right now. But then based on, but okay, but then I'm a, I'm looking, looking not, I'm not looking, look at, looking at just one. You're willing to, yeah, no. I'm looking at more like packaging a guy like Pearson and Vertanen, and now you all of a sudden. You're, you want to trade Pearson? Now all Pearson's of a sudden, been playing hey, well, man. Now all of a sudden you got. He's a top six winger. And hey, but now all of a sudden you got money off the books and you might get somebody who's but cheaper. But who's going to trade a cheaper player, a better player for two guys that take up more cap. I think, dude, I think if you look at a team that has to needs players under cost control and that they don't have the money to sign certain guys, they might be able to do it. But do we even have the money to sign certain guys? Let's talk to Chris well, about this. Well, you're still getting rid of Tanner Pearson at 3.7. Like, there was ways to maneuver the cap. Yeah, but then you just said the teams need cheaper guys. How's that going to work out for the team? Okay, what if think about a team like, for example, think about a team like Jake's also an RFA, so you're going to have to sign Jake as well. You could be put, you could be giving these two guys over six million dollars. Well, what if you're looking at a team like Florida Panthers? We'll we'll come back to this okay. right now. Joined on the line by Chris Faber. Chris, what's going on, man? How are you? Boys, keep going. I just came in in an argument. Have a good timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, this guy wants to trade fucking Pearson and Britannon right now. I'm not. I'm just <laughs> saying. I think that the Vancouver Canucks. We'll we'll get into this with you as well here on the SCT show. It's Roger Shergill, Tammy mm-hmm. Uh Chris. So the Vancouver Canucks. I think it's no secret that they're looking for a top six winger to this team. We. I just mentioned they're not trading a first round draft pick. Second round draft picks probably off the table. After that, you're looking at prospects, and then after that. Who's ever on your roster? I'm looking at a guy like Stetcher, Tanner Pearson, Jake Vertanen. How do you see a way for the Vancouver Canucks to maneuver a situation where they can bring a top six forward back? Yeah, I, it's kind of tough at this point. I've talked about this lately a lot. I think that the way that Jim Benning's kind of pigeonholed this team into the position that they're in right now, the only real option is to be patient and kind of just wait because you don't want to go all in right now and give away some futures that are going to help this team when you actually want to start talking about competing for a Stanley Cup. Um. Chris uh, Tanbury here. Um, I don't understand the people saying sell high on Jake. I understand the aspect of selling high on a player, but when you have a third line producing the way Roussel, Vertanen, and Gaudet have been producing, and you're a team that needs secondary scoring, um, it doesn't make sense to trade Vertanen at this time. Uh, the only way it makes sense to me would be 
getting a young player that's in the same age range as Jake, but it being a defenseman, not a forward, because you're pretty much replacing a forward with a forward that's producing. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I really agree with you there, Tabir. Just yeah. the fact that, I mean, what you're seeing Jake Bertanen do with Adam Gaudet is something that you would like to see for years yeah, to come. exactly. You know, they're being in a third-line role and producing goals. I mean, they've scored six goals and only had one against them when they've been aligned together. And what, what you bring up is actually a really good point, because if you look at look, some of these players that are coming in to be top-nine forwards, it's, you know, Neil Tuglander, Vasily Podkoles, and a lot of people are hoping some high hopes about Tyler Madden. But you bring up a really good point. I mean, if you are going to trade Jake Bertanen, and I don't even like saying that sentence right now for what he's been doing lately, but if you are, there's not a lot of great defense prospects coming up right now for the Vancouver Canucks. So if that's the option, if you are going to trade Jake and you can get a young defenseman, I would go for it. But I don't know if he's raised his value enough to actually get you a decent enough return to start actually looking at defensemen that are going to be on the trade block. Like uh, like a trade that would maybe make sense. Like I wouldn't like uh, personally the way Fabro has been playing in Nashville hasn't been great apparently according to a lot of people. And me just looking at the way he played when he played against the Canucks and you know he he's a good prospect. He's a younger player, but that's maybe the type of trade that you would look to make if you're, you know, trying to improve the team, no? Yeah, no, that, that's a good example if you want to start looking at players, right? Because yeah. he's not doing amazing in the job, in the spot where he's in right now mm-hmm. in Nashville. And if you're, if you're starting to look around the league, he's probably one of the names that sticks out. You know, the fact that he's a hometown boy, Jake's a hometown boy, even though he would be sending him off, which would be kind of tough to see for a lot of Vancouver fans because everyone likes that hometown kid, Jake Rattanen. But you like you watch what Jake's doing, and everyone kept saying like, "Oh, just wait a couple of years. Wait, you know, these power forwards they take a while to figure it out." But I think that's the thing. Like what he's doing right now is he's figuring out what he needs to do to produce. He's going to the net harder. I, I just put out an article recently on Canucks Army, and if you look at where the shot percentage is coming from, he's gained like when he's in the high danger zone for shots, he's increased that every single year since coming in. At first, he was the same guy that we saw with the Hitman. He was sending so many shots in from the left side and right mm-hmm. side of the ice. But he's starting to go to the net, whether it's playing with guys like Adam Goddard or Antoine Roussel or even the little bit of a run that he's got with Bo Horvat. I think those players are actually forcing him into the role of being like, Jake, you're fast as hell. Go skate and just we'll get you the puck. Go towards the net. These players are smart enough to figure out offense and be able to contribute. And having a third line right now of Roussel, Goddard, and Vertanen, like, they're buzzing. Like, we just, yeah. we're watching them be the best line on the ice right now for like a handful of games now in a row. And I'm just, I just love, love, loving seeing it right now because mm-hmm. you know we haven't had that third line that's able to score goals and control the goal share, and they're controlling 85 percent of the goal share right now, which is ridiculous for a third line. And yeah, that third line was doing, uh, is doing well right now. But I also noticed Jake playing well with Petey and Miller. Um, I don't know why Travis Green went away from that. I'm pretty sure you have analytics to back that up as well was the i felt like they were playing majority of their shifts in the offensive zone when they were together i think a lot of it had to do with brock besser not being um dangerous enough with bull right yeah no i think brock besser the interesting thing like when he was moved down to what you guys i think what everyone's calling the third line right it was like oh man what's brock doing down on that third line but it was because jake was playing his way up in the lineup and that's you know, it's funny, I, to bring up another article I just wrote, I was going crazy the last couple of weeks <laughs> writing, and I wrote about, is Travis Green a problem? And one of the quotes that I included in there was um, from, uh, who was it from? I think it was Paul Maurice who said the quote, like, when he sees his team going, 
he works with pairs and he moves the third player around. And whether that's Jake Rattanen moving up to play with the lotto line or, you know, moving around Brock Besser to go down with those guys, if they're not having a great night and maybe they just need to mix up their game plan a little bit, I'm fine with them moving the lines around. But if you keep the pairs together, like we've seen PD and Miller be a pretty good pair. We've seen Horvat and Betts would be another pair that they use a lot of the times in three-on-three situations. So I'm curious why the pair of Horvat and Besser isn't something that they're kind of moving forward with more. Mm-hmm. Because Travis Green obviously likes it if he's using it in three-on-three lines. Yeah. Chris, um, we talked a lot about this third line right now, giving it a lot of praise. The Vancouver Canucks' first line has been very great, very exciting this entire season. But when you look at the second line, and right now with Bo Horvat, Tanner Pearson, Louis Erickson, um, you know, you don't really put it in the same light as the third line on the first line based on offense. But right now, Tanner Pearson is doing very well. How would you characterize his game, the uh, transformation we've seen over the last month or so? Yeah, it's, it's been really funny because I've never been the biggest fan of Tanner Pearson. He's starting to win me over. I think at the start of the year, I was saying Tanner Pearson would be an elite fourth liner. But what you're seeing him do right now, and it's so funny. I just had this conversation uh, the last week with Justin Morissette from Locked On Canucks. Uh, we were talking about this line, and we were saying, like, the third line of Godet, Rutan, and Roussel is actually playing, like, what you would think a prototypical second line would yeah. be, like, still being able to contribute and have a lot of skill on that line. And then you're seeing the Horvat line, which is getting a ton of minutes, but they're playing like a third line grinding team, like line that can contribute offense because they are, I mean, you can't, you can't argue at all with the Tanner Pearson stats. So like, I've been trying to say that I don't think he's a top six player and he comes up and scores 11 goals in 40 games. I know probably, you know, 10 of those are empty netters. It seems like <laughs> and 27 points in those 40 games. Like he's playing like a top six player and you can't really argue that. And when you see that line come together, it's almost like, we sort of found that pair for Bo Horvath, but it's not the guy that everyone wanted it to be, it seemed like. Chris Faber joining us here on the SCT Show. Roger Shergill filling in for Nat Man alongside Tanbir Rana. Um, I want to get to uh, Troy Stetcher and, and his game with the Vancouver Canucks. He's obviously been a, a guy who's played uh, some a lot of minutes in prior seasons, but now he's sort of taken a backseat to other players on that blue line for the Vancouver Canucks. Where do you see, what do you see with him going forward for the Canucks? Is he a potential trade chip in your mind, or is he a guy that the Canucks should definitely be looking at locking up? <laughs> yeah, uh, both those things, actually. I, I think the Canucks should be locking up a guy like Troy Stetcher. I don't think he's going to ask for too much money when it you know comes to his contract coming up, which is just after this year, I believe, right? After yeah. this year, he's a uh, restricted... Yeah, so after this year, I don't think he gets that much of a pay raise. I wouldn't expect him to be over $3 million, to be honest, but the scary thing is, you know, Brogan Rafferty is obviously playing great right now in the AHL. I've seen him play a ton of games. He's a very good offensive defenseman, but he still just does not look like an NHL player, I guess, when we talk about the whole all-around defenseman game. And when you talk about the all-around defenseman game, you see that out of Troy Stetcher. I mean, he's a hell of a defenseman, does a great job on that third pairing. If he's making under $3 million, that's great. But the Canucks organization, from what I've heard some rumors, a little bit of stuff, like it sounds like they want to get Brogan Rafferty up because he's a younger player, even though he's one year younger than Troy Stetcher. And I know they sound like they want to keep Chris Tanna because they love what he's bringing to the team right now. And that just kind of leaves Troy Stetcher on the out. I mean, if you're going to want to move Brogan Rafferty up to the next level, whether it be later on in this season or to the start of next year, with Tyler Myers locked up long-term, Chris Tanna, it sounds like they want to get a contract done with him. And then Brogan Rafferty is the guy that they want to see, and they're going to have to you know, have a little bit of a pay cut if you're going to have Brogan Rafferty on your NHL team, which is nice. You save a mil or a mil and a half going down from Troy Stetcher's 2.3. But Troy Stetcher is a hell of a defensive man. He controls a lot of the course when he's on the ice. He's great at moving the puck. He's great at just having an active stick in the defensive zone. And he kind of plays well with any of these left-shot defensemen on the team. So I would look to lock him up long-term. If 
If they can get something done like three or four years, right around $3 million, maybe under that, that's going to be a huge steal down the road when we start to compare his contract with Tyler Myers in 2022-23 kind of terms. Yeah, I agree. I, I would love to keep Stetcher. Um, he just shows that, um, you know, that heart on the ice, and he's someone that I, I would want to keep, especially, uh, you know, because he's a local boy, and he also, yeah. you can just tell he wants to win with this group, and he's grow, he wants to grow with this core, just like Jake, and that's why, like, I don't like the idea of trading him, because I want to see these guys grow together as a team, and... Frankie uh, Francesco Accolini tweeted it out today. Um, it's not the best players uh, on a team that win. It's the best team that plays like a team that wins. You know what I mean? Like it's something like that. He, he tweeted something like that today. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that with like Troy Stetcher uh, being a fifth or sixth defenseman on this team, I think it's a like you said, three million dollars long term contract is not a bad deal. And with Chris Tanev, man, he's been good too. So that's why it's like sort of a. It's been hard. To like, you know, it's going to be hard to make that decision for Jimbo. But again, yeah, we are in a cap situation. And um, best case scenario is uh, Brandon Sutter, moving Brandon Sutter. And, and if you can't move him, then he has to be looking at maybe calling it a career. No, like he's he has been injured every goddamn year since he's been here. It's, it's yeah. frustrating. No. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, when you see him missing, what is he almost missed 20 games already this year? Yeah. And- and I mean, how many career, like how many years do you think in your career can you go playing under 50 games and still think that you want to be an NHL time, NHL player full time? Like yeah. it's, it's just got to be wearing on his mental, I think, more mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah, and I'm sure he's a great guy in the room. The the players seem to think he's one of the funniest guys in the room. Um, yeah. You know, and he was playing well at the beginning of the year, but now looking at it, like I do not see a spot for this guy on the team unless you want to put him in, like you said, the checking role with Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson as a winger. But I like to maybe like you know wait on Furlan because I thought the game that he returned back would and when he like you know went into concussion protocol again, I guess. Um, I thought he was hitting like a truck. He was playing well in that fourth line uh, spot there for a bit. And uh, it's unfortunate what happened. But again, he's also one of those players where you're looking at and you're thinking, is he going to be done? Is he going to be okay? I think I think Furland will be okay when it's all said and done. I just think he's going through a, a rough you know, phase right now. But you know, if you were to choose between one of the two, Sutter or Furland, who would you keep? That's funny because, you know, Furland's contract's four years long. Brandon Sutter's is two years long. I wouldn't have to worry about the Brandon Sutter problem at the end of next season. Or at the end of next season, I wouldn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Michael Furland's is four years longer. It's twice as long right now if you're looking mm-hmm. at the remaining term on there. But I think Michael Furland, I agree with you. I think that we saw him, I've seen him throw two hits this year that were bigger hits than I've ever seen. Yeah. Probably the Canucks throw in their past five years of having, mm-hmm. you know, one of the worst teams in the NHL. We've seen Furland come in, bring a ton of energy. Um, I know a lot of people wanted to see Furland play with Patterson and Besser to start the year. Uh, I wasn't one of those people. I wanted to see him in the bottom six, you know, contributing uh, a little bit of offense that we could see that we've seen him be able to do in the past couple of years. I wanted to see him bring his physicality and bring some scoring to the bottom six that we just haven't seen before. I mean, a line of like Furland, Godet, Bertanen got me so excited mm-hmm. when we were talking about lines at the start of the year. But now, obviously, his health is something that obviously needs to be talked about a little bit more before he starts to actually get back to NHL hockey because yeah I mean if if the concussions is going to be something that keeps coming up there's nothing we can really do there's nothing fans should say about him if he can't play due to concussions that's just such a serious injury that yeah if he needs to sit out a full season maybe he comes back next year with just a a healthy mindset and a healthy body and a healthy brain and maybe that's when we start to see Michael Furley make an impact on this team 
But as for this season, I, I don't know. If, if shutting him down is the best option for his long-term career, we have him for four years. We're going to be talking about this contract for a long time. So maybe it is better to just kind of sit him out for a little bit and mm-hmm. let this kind of team run it is right now. Chris, the Canucks are sort of in an odd situation with their goaltending with the expansion draft uh, looming. Right now, Jacob Markstrom is playing light, so oh he's God. owed money. Um, <laughs> this Vancouver Canucks team is going to pay him. There's no question about that. I think that's the right thing to do. But just uh, just as a fan, or just as you know, trying to look at it from management's point of view, how do you try? How do you see this whole situation playing out? Like he's going to get his money, and then in a couple of years, the the what if factor with Thatcher Demko starts to kick in. Like what if he starts demanding a trade? What if this happens? What if that happens? Like what do you, what do you think is a what do you, what do you think is a realistic situation uh, that's going to happen in the next couple of years with this goaltending for the Canucks? Well, I'll, I'll throw a question right back to you, then I'll try and answer. But what do you think, if Jacob Marsham continues this type of play that he's had up to this point, how much do you think he earns in a three-year contract? How much uh, per year? I would say he's earning between five and a half and six. Five and a half, maybe six and a half. Five and a half and six yeah. and a half, between there. I would say five and, and a half is... Yeah, go ahead. I, I would say five and a half is where I'm looking to sign him for like a three to four-year deal. And mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I wouldn't go higher than that, just because... Goalies are unpredictable, and you looked at what Robin Leonard got after. Didn't he win the Vesna last year? Was he the one that won the Vesna last year? And he only got a one-year deal for like five million. Yeah, like, runner-up, I think he was. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. if you think about it, the Canucks don't really have to pay him. Like, big uh, if they want, if he wants term, then you go, you go less money. You know, if you want to give him four years, you give five and a half. I wouldn't pay him more than six million. Is what I'm trying to say. Right. Do you guys remember this talk that we had? Pretty much the exact same conversation that we had about Alex Edler and his contract. I think the same one can be had for Jacob Markstrom. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's two years, six million, I think that's fine because Thatcher Demko currently has a uh, two years remaining this year and next yeah. year, and then he's an RFA after that. At that point, you're really going to know what happens. But I mean, Jacob Markstrom, he's going to be 30 years old when he's signing this new contract. Does he want to sign a two-year deal? Does no he, is he worried about Seattle picking him? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if he wants to go, you know, four years. I think that's a lot. That's a lot of time for the Canucks to invest in. But he has been a great goalie for them. We've seen goalies not really fade off too much into their mid thirties, but after their mid thirties, they really drop off. So I think anything over five years is probably way too much to go for him. But I mean, you got to reward him for what he's doing. He's winning games for the Vancouver Canucks this year, and that's something that he really hasn't done. I mean, a little bit last year, he won a couple games here and there. But I mean, we've seen him just play absolutely lights out this season. He has single-handedly won games for the Vancouver Canucks, like we were seeing Elias Pedersen do it last year. And if you're going to go out and win games single-handedly for your team, you deserve to get paid. Yeah, it's a really crazy situation, especially considering the fact what happened in Vancouver uh, about a decade yeah. ago with Luongo and Schneider. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris Faber, Canucks conversation is where you can catch him. Uh, what's coming up on that podcast, man? Uh, yeah, big news. We just had an announcement yeah. last week. Uh, I got David Quadrelli joining me full-time. And as we move into 2020, we just got the new logo put out today, mm-hmm. uh, put out the new intro. A lot of fun stuff coming up in 2020 for us. I love uh, David. He's a he's very uh, smart hockey mind. And his kids, <laughs> kids uh, he knows his shit, man. I remember uh, <laughs> yeah, um, him being on the large cast with me, you, and uh, with him, Malcolm. And yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a fun time. And he, uh, he was on the Bar- Brochford Project too, right? He was the first one. Yeah, he was the yeah. first one to go to that. It's mm-hmm. funny, I remember doing that large cast with you, and, I, yeah. and that was, David was so nervous texting me before we were going to that. <laughs> so I like remember sitting there with him and just like pointing at him, like, everyone else shut up. I was looking at you, Tanner. Yeah. Like, everybody else shut up and let Quads do some talking for <laughs> yeah. once. Just the quiet little guy in yeah. the corner. Yeah, yeah. Quad, like Quads is a smart smart kid, man. He's going he's gonna to go far in these places, and uh, I can't wait to listen to you guys' uh, new podcast. 
Yeah, thanks a lot. We're, we're super excited because we're both attending the radio arts and entertainment program in the fall. So the fact that we're going to be able to use BCIT's you know, studio and everything and kind of get our own studio set up eventually uh, now that I'm moving over to Vancouver next week. Uh, so very excited for that. I'm coming into your hood, Tambir. Coming to Surrey. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Shout out BCIT, but uh, tell them uh, journalism class is better than radio arts. <laughs> And I'm taking a part-time journalism course starting next week, so I'm half and half, I guess. Awesome, man. Uh, good to see you doing great things. Uh, happy holidays, happy new year, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks, fellas. You guys have a good one. See you, man. Chris Faber from Canucks Conversation, Canucks Army, joining us, Roger Shergill, Ra- uh, Tanvir Rana, Riley Hall, producing the show. Um, interesting stuff, he said. Talked about a lot of things, uh, including the trade stuff that we but want to get see, to. Like, so let, let's saying, get back to okay. that, yeah. Because when you were saying trading for a top six forward, that makes no sense to me. Because we this have is, no, we have young players coming up in the future but okay, that could I also think everybody take, that, agree- take that spot. You yes. Know? So and Tanner Pearson's that's, playing like a top six that's, forward. That's the thing that you're Tannen's saying. Like so a top he, six here's forward. the thing. With Nils Hoglander, Vasily Podkols, and Cole, and whoever else you want to put in that category. Tyler Madden. If you want I think he's s- the best at all. Uh, not, uh, maybe not out of Podkolzin, but... To be honest, I think Tyler Madden has the highest ceiling at all. Whatever you want to say about those guys, here's the the facts are that those guys are not coming in next year. Probably, mm-hmm. probably. You never know. Man. Most likely not. Yeah, I would. You have to. You have to wait. So then, why do you? Why are you in such a hurry to add a top six forward now? Because they're not coming in for the next two so, years. But so why it's do you need to though? Because it's either sit pat, it's either sit pat, or you or you don't, or you don't, uh, you don't. Why not? Or you that? add someone? Why right? not? But because realistically, the Vancouver Canucks are going to add someone. I but think. if they make the playoffs, they've progressed, right? So what's the what's the hurry to add more? I think the hurry is to move this build or this cycle along. It's moving, man. It <laughs> is moving. moving. It's, no, uh, hey, I totally agree with you. I yeah. think it's moving, but they need, or at least in their eyes, they I think need, they need a top four defenseman, if anything, and they need. A, I don't think so. I'm I'm the other way around, man. I think that their defense is good. I think that they're solid. Defense really? is solid. I mean, hey, okay, other than Quinn Hughes, who else? Quinn Hughes, do we Alex Edler, Chris Tanner. I know, but Tyler Alex Edler is thirty six. What is he? Thirty five or thirty six? Yeah, you're right. But like that's I think and Chris Tanov is. But Alex, he could get hurt any second. Alex bro. Edler is the problem, and Chris Tanov is the not necessarily problem, but that's the issue that you look at and say, well, we hope exactly. that another so, defensive guy comes up. So if like, you're trading a young player like Jake, why would you get a top six four when you should be trying to make your defense better in the future? Because is that a problem that you can assess with Jake, or is that a problem that you can fix potentially in the off season with something else? Because as of right now, you've got a healthy Alex Edler who's being playing very well. You're right; you don't know about Chris Tanov, but you're banking on the fact that he can be healthy yes, this year. Yes, but right. So like you're trying to add scoring, like, and that's not me saying that I want to add scoring. But that's what Jim Benning has said. We're one of the highest scoring teams in the league right now. But Jim Benning has legitimately went and said that they want to add a top six. They want to add a top six forward because they thought that Michael Foreland was going to be that guy. And And they want to add a top six forward so they can get that second line going as well. I honestly don't even think... Do you think for the rest of the year they're going to have Tanner Pearson, Bo Horvath, and Louis Erickson on that second line? No, we got Michael Furland. Once Michael Furland is ready to go and he's healthy... Exactly, if... And if he's not, then that's definitely on Jimbo. He needs to figure that out. But but what if that's... But you're not trading Jake... To get a top six forward, you're trading Stetcher, a defenseman. You're not potentially trading, depending on what the team wants. But it doesn't make sense to trade Jake because he is one of the guys that is producing like a top six forward. You know what I'm trying to say? If you get rid of Jake, then you're pretty much just 
like not fixing the problem. You're just making it the same. Here's the thing with Jake. Everybody <laughs> in this market always says sell high, sell high, sell high. Yeah. Like uh, like with Jacob Markstrom, which was the most idiotic thing ever. Why would you sell high on a guy when you haven't even when Thatcher Demko hadn't even played a game at the time? Yeah, no, no, I so agree. So that was stupid. I agree, I agree. And now all of a sudden, Jake Vertanen is playing lights out right yeah, now. He's yeah. playing very well. Yeah. But at the same time, in like a week or two, he can go back. You to know, he's Jake actually. You don't know that. You know, you know exactly. You know, he's actually been one of the most consistent players on the team since the start of the year. He had three goals in October. He had Dude, four the, goals in November. I'm not even talking about four goals no, in December. So he's not offense. even. He hasn't even been streaky. He's actually been consistent, consistent all the way through. I'm not even talking about offensively, man. He was not engaged in the first couple of months. The, the reason why he's playing his best hockey now is mainly because he's engaged but you wanna, physically. You want to add an older player? No, not as, no. I'm not saying. But what, are you, what are you trying to add then? T- tell me a scenario because I don't understand I this, this at all. This Personally, team, I don't. This team should yeah. not be looking to add a guy like this. They should not be looking at a at a rental. They should be looking at a guy like Kevin LeBanc from San Jose, who is who who are in cap crunch. How situations. old is he though? He's 26. 26. He is an older player. Well, he's older yeah. than Vertanen, yeah. but he's not old. Yeah. Yeah, you know I what think I mean? the only only thing that makes sense for Jake is a. They draft should be looking pick. at a guy like they should be looking at a guy like LeBanc. I'm not saying necessarily for Jake. I'm just saying but overall. But, yo, but overall, they should be looking a for cap crunch, bro. LeBanc is all you. Is it what is he? Isn't he like an RFA or UFA? A, so if we're gonna, if we're gonna trade for LeBanc, we're gonna have to pay him money. You're gonna have to pay so Stetcher like, money only, next year. Yeah, no, the only ma- thing that makes sense for Jake is a player that's not making as much money and is cost controlled, like okay, Jake. But not necessarily Jake. What or, if it's or, Stetcher, draft, or a draft or Tanner pick. Pearson. Or Stetcher s- makes sense. Stetcher, I understand because you guys, you got Rafferty who could come up and play in that spot. You got Jordy Ben that could actually play I, on the right I, side too. I, I think that if this team is going to make a, a push for the playoffs this season yeah. and they trade Stetcher, I think they're bringing back a defenseman. I don't think they're going to do that with Brogan Rafferty. I think they're going to acquire. But they a have Jordy Ben, so they could have Jordy Ben play. See, that's what I don't With get. Rafferty? So tra- yeah, so no, so trading Stetcher also is why because he's yeah, playing yeah. so well in the bottom. Like we're, he's also like I think this the, comes down to the desire for management to want to acquire a top six forward. Like that's what I, I don't think, think that they want to do. I don't think we know what manages management even wants to do. I think Jim Benning said think, he wants to talk. I like I I feel like that, could, that was at the beginning of the year when we were actually starting to like you know have a little bit of problem scoring. Now it's like looking at we're looking at our second unit power play. Yeah. Ever since Jake's been put on it, let's be honest, it's I been better. And how many times on this show, the last few like the season one of uh, SCT, did I say if Jake actually had opportunity to play on the power play, he would put up more points? But you know what? The power play last year for the Canucks and the years prior to that sucked. Power play two. Yeah, but why yeah. wasn't Jake on it in last year? Jake Fortana wasn't even showing that he can hold his <laughs> but own. Why, okay, though, how is he showing it now? You tell me how. So what did you have to tell me? Why, why is it because of opportunity, no. or is it because he's uh, because he's somehow way better? I think he's. I think he's progressed. I no. think he's matured. I think it's a contract year. He understands that. I think he's. Just I think. More mature I think Travis Green has finally figured out. Maybe I should play this guy more because he's one of my better players. That's what he's just pretty much. He he's was playing like thirteen minutes. Do you know a game. he had fourteen posts last year. That's actually <laughs> a legit stat. He had 14 posts last year. Pambier, the po- he had the problem goals with Vertanen was not even the fact. You know he broke his collarbone last year. It was you not. know he broke it right, and the team forced him to play, which is not a good look on the team. The problem isn't even with Vertanen's offensive game. It's is never it a defensive game. It's never did, been did, that. What did Chris Faber just say? They've only been scored once out of it's like. It's never even been his. It's not been his offensive game. It's been his defensive game. It's been his but physical did you game. Just hear what it's he said. It's been his overall game. Yeah, now on a line with Goddett huh? and 
Well, now on a line with Godet and Roussel, he's playing well. No, he was playing or well. The line's playing well. He's been playing well all year. How many? You can go watch that game again. How many defensive flybys did he do? When? He, yesterday in Calgary. Uh, he does that stuff all the time. I'm do not you know who else does flybys? I'm not knocking. No. Nobody said anything to him. I'm not knocking him. I'm not knocking Vertanen. I'm just saying that his game overall has not been well formed. It hasn't we been well. We should just trade Brock. Be- I mean, uh, Jake Vertanen for Sam Bennett. It hasn't been. That's well- what we should do. It hasn't been well rounded. <laughs> it hasn't been. But now, like I'm saying, now he's playing well. He's playing well. He's but why playing is he like playing? A- like I said, why is he playing well? It's because he's actually gotten the opportunity to prove uh, himself. I don't think so, man. I think if he had a fourth line role, then you should utilize your role best you can on a fourth why line. Why would he? Why would you play him on the fourth line? But if that's what the role he was given, why would you pick him six to play him on the fourth line? You don't pick him six to play on the fourth line. Okay, when Petey came here, did Petey start on the fourth line? But Petey's an offensive threat. You okay, okay, no. When, but, when, came when here, Brock Besser oh. came here, was he playing in the, uh, in the on the fourth line? Besser can't throw a hit if his life depended on okay, it. Why is it okay? Why is it okay is that? Besser shouldn't have to play on the fourth line because he can't throw a hip of Vertanen has to figure out how to play on line four, line three, line two, and line one. Besser, uh, sorry, Vertanen has been a power forward. So you're pretty much admitting Vertanen's a more versatile player. Vertanen, definitely. Vertanen is definitely. So then, yeah. The only thing with Vertanen is who's the more goal scorer, Besser or Vertanen? Obviously Obviously Besser. Besser. So that's why he's playing on the first two lines. I know, but what I'm trying to say is you're saying... Your expectations for Vertanen are way too fucking high. No, 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 no. They no, are. Yours are. Here, let me. Let Mine me ex- are high. Let me. Mine are. What. I'm happy what he's doing right now, dude. Let me. Ex- I am too. That's uh, what I'm trying to say. I never. Uh-huh. I never once said I wasn't. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm saying that his game right now is the best he's ever played in his entire career. My mm. expectations for Jake Vertanen is that he's a third line winger. Yours, I think. No, no, no. Is that he he's is a top a, six? He, I love him in this spot. Yes, I've already told too. you this. But I think I don't want him to move spot. up to the first line. I don't want him to move up to the second line. I think even though the whole, the whole is good. Hmm? Yeah, this yeah. yeah. I like him in this spot playing on the second unit power play as well. And I've been trying yeah. to I've been trying so what for the happens, last two so what, last season. So what happens then when in a in a couple of weeks, potentially when he goes on a slump? Every player goes to goes okay, but what's slumps. gonna look? But what's not okay? There's two things that are gonna happen. One reaction is gonna be through the coaching staff. One's gonna be on Twitter. Yeah. The Twitter is gonna be people like you defending him, mm-hmm. and then there's gonna be other people saying that this guy should be scratched. And then mm-hmm. coaching is gonna make a decision: but, w- either put him down the lineup what, or scratch him. What, and once he gets scratched, or once that happens, you want to bet he gets? Do you no, think he gets scratched? This then, year? then all I'm saying is, then everyone's gonna say we should have traded this do guy. On that. <laughs> we should have traded this guy. <laughs> um, I'm not saying he's gonna get scratched. I'm saying no. that's a Potential Dude, like, like likelihood the lines are gonna get juggled. Tanner Pearson went 15 games without scoring a goal. Tanner Pearson is like okay. a complete product though. Okay, no, he's a complete product. Vertanen is starting to get there, is what I'm trying to yes, say. Yes, And it all started because he got an opportunity, is what I'm trying to say. And he deserved to play on the second unit power play last year when the second unit power play was not producing because what what in his game he had 15 even strengths goals last year so why wasn't he able to play on the first, on the second unit power play that made no it made, it made absolutely no sense to me like he proved when he played 5 on 5 that he was like he should be on the second unit power play not just that he broke his collarbone last year so after this uh after uh, the second half of the the first half of the season he broke his collarbone and the team wanted him to play through it which is not a good look for the team first off and I know I've been the peop- one of the people that defend the medical staff, but that was not right. And he even said that he had a broken collarbone. Yeah. And you're starting to see that he is consistent. He's trying to play more consistently. And that's because yeah. he's getting opportunity on the second unit power play. Well, that's my... That's, and see, he's that's found my, chemistry with Roussel that's and my, Godet. That's my biggest question, though, is right there. Like, he's been consistent lately. Yeah. Could he keep it up for the next... He's kept um, it up for three months. Have you not, no, did you not see Sats? He too? had 11 goals... 
at this time last year, and then he had yeah. one in February. But didn't I just tell you he broke his collarbone? Did I not tell you he okay. broke his collarbone and the team was trying to make him play through it? Is there, there's a reason why he wasn't good. Like, you can't just say, like, this player proved that he could play from October to January last year. He never had a goal in January. He didn't. So know, he, that's played, he was playing well from all the way from October, he wasn't November. Playing well. He was he, playing to his to his expectations. Was he? He had fucking 11 he, goals, he said. He just said he had 11 goals no, at that time. Did he not? He was playing. So is that not playing well for Vertanen? Okay, but what was the conversation about Vertanen last year? I think the conversation about Vertanen this year and right now is a lot more positive than it was last but year. Last year was Vert- positive too. I remember everybody being pumped about him having 11 goals at this time. I think last year, yeah, I think so. And yeah, people exactly, were, that's what I'm saying. But then I'm saying two weeks after like where we are right now, we're on December 30th probably of last Didn't year. Didn't I just tell you, man? Yeah, he dude. broke his collarbone. All I'm saying is though, man. Legit, at January, he broke his collarbone. So that you- was the reason he wasn't playing well. He's been a good player, man. He don't go sixth overall. I don't know. I don't know if he's been a. You okay. Know what? He's, do you know what? He's been do you know an okay offensive you know player. What? He hasn't do been a well-rounded okay, do you, overall do you know player. What? He's had to go through ups and downs. And yeah. do you know what? Some players like Pedersen, Besser, and Hughes will not go through those because they're just special players. And we are spoiled because we have those kind of players on our team, and we just saw them become so good once they came in, right? But every player has their own path, and. There's players in the past that have gone through struggles in the beginning of their uh, of their careers, and they ended up becoming really good players later on. Yeah, and you, I could probably name a bunch. Like Patrick Sharp wasn't great when he first came, but that was a that was a different league back then. Todd Bertuzzi is a great example. Like he wasn't good coming in be- before because you know why? Like didn't uh, uh, Todd Bertuzzi tell a story on the starting lineup not 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 too not too long ago when he first came into the league? The coach made him ride the bike for like a good hour because he was so out of shape. And that's the only thing with Vertanen. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he came in. So he came. Uh, so the the first year he made the team, not the first year, the second year, and they gifted him a gifted him a spot. But he was also one of their better players. To be honest, like he was one of those guys that actually like that team was really bad. So like that's why him and McCann team. made the team yeah. because they were one of the better players. Like you yeah. know, like so they 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 gave him a spot. They pretty much gifted him a spot. When and he should have had development. And, and honestly, his rookie year, there were some positive signs. Yeah, I mean, people were people. Were I think like, I don't know. think people were pointing the finger at him that yeah, year. Yeah, they were so, pointing it at management yeah, for him so playing the him. The second year, he comes in and they gift him a spot again. But let's be honest, Vertanen was not in shape. Like he wasn't ready. Yeah, he was heavy. He was like he wasn't. He wasn't a pro. Like, you know, and yeah, so that right there, and then they made the right decision. Um, they made the right, right decision sending him down to Utica and sending him to the World Junior Tournament. And after that World Junior Tournament, when they sent him down to play for the World Juniors, was one of the biggest down... Like, it was the worst part of his career. Like, he must have fucking heard it from everyone. Because not it wasn't just Vancouver that was hitting on this kid and calling him a bus, but it was all of Canada. Because he took a penalty or something like that, and it cost the Canadians um, the game or whatever. And... Fuck that Finland team was stacked. It was Liney, yeah, Paul, you know all those guys on that team, and so he he takes a penalty. They send him down to Utica, and he wasn't putting up points in Utica. So now the fans are starting to lose their minds. Like we took this guy sixth overall before Nylander and Ehlers and all these guys, and this guy the fucking bus. And then he comes in the following year, comes into better shape because Travis Green took care of him in Utica and made sure, gave him some tough love. He got into better shape. He got sort of back on track, but he never he wasn't. The player that they thought he could become as sixth overall. So then, yeah, you got to get that. Yeah, so yeah. then, like, now people are just, oh, maybe he's going to be a bottom six four. Maybe he won't even be an NHL player. Who knows what's going on with this kid, right? 
Then he comes in next last year, has a career high. Yeah, the career high wasn't as as good. Like it was, it was like a five point improvement. You want to see more improvement, but it was a five point improvement. So now people are saying, okay, this guy's a bottom six player. We should trade him. He's not like he's not worth. It. He's still a bust. And now he's come came in, and the coach gave him tough love again, saying that he was out of shape, right? And I heard from people, uh, not with the Canucks organization, but from Jake's side, that Jake was not training. Uh, full cardio like he was not working on his conditioning he was working on his skills like his shot on um, making sure he could hit the net or uh, puck control and all that stuff right protecting the puck that's what I was hearing from Jake's side he was working on that more than he was working on his conditioning and that's why his conditioning was bad and guess what people like you Ryan Nam um, everybody in Vancouver he was out of shape every, okay, he was out of shape but guess what he working on his skills has proved that he has gotten better At did he not get better at the end, okay, sure. At the end of the day, though, you're an NHL athlete. You have to be in shape. Yeah, I know. Shape. I know, but he's you know a what young mean? kid. It's called maturity. He's 24 Some, years old. Everybody, he had he's 23 first time. He just turned 23. He had played in the league okay. for like two years and Utica prior to that. How do you not oh come out? Raja, Raja. Did Todd, was Todd Bertuzzi a bad player? <sighs> Is he a bad player because he had bad years at the beginning of his career? No. Then why can't Jake Vertanen become better? Um, dude, all I've, I've said this entire time, Jake Vertanen has improved this year and he's playing the best hockey of his career right now. Yeah. Right? That's fine. All I'm saying is that not even his offensive ability, not even that. Offensively, he's good. I think he mm-hmm. can hit 20 goals this year. Yeah. That would be sick if he can do that. Yeah. But defensively, physically, and everywhere else, could he improve? Yes. Right now, that's why he's playing you don't well. trade him because guess what? And right now, you know you, the best thing I saw in that Calgary game was his like interaction with Lucic. Like it was showing that he's finally engaged. Dude, not just so, that. Dude, you're saying that his conditioning was bad. Yes, it was bad. But just imagine once his skill sets at this uh, as gets keeps getting better, like it has been getting better, and his conditioning keeps getting better with maturity. You know what I'm trying to say now? <laughs> like, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I think he that- can still get better, and that's what you need to understand. Is okay, trading him. You're right, and you know what? Every you know, and what you're saying right now is exactly what the Vancouver Canucks are going to be pitching when they're trying to trade him. Or that's what whatever the acquiring GM is thinking when they're trying to acquire him. That this yeah. guy can get better, right? And that's why... There's, there's every that's team why wants a Jake Vertanen. You're right. Every team does want one. And why would we get rid of ours? Because we might potentially get someone better. Right now, I'm at this point where it's like, what? We're on a five-game winning streak. I am on a high, and this guy is playing well. Yeah. I think that trading him would be a mistake. Because you're ruining the chemistry what in I the re- room. What I really you're like You're ruining is the chemistry in the room. What and I really that's like not is that third what line. you do. That third line's great. I yeah. love that. I love him yeah. on that line. I think I think he's been doing well. Do you know who should But wouldn't you be? trade him if you potentially could get a top six forward back? Like, would you include him in a deal? You're not getting one back straight I, up for him. But if you could... If it's an older top six player, no. I'm not but doing it for... If it's a younger top, top six player, yes. I'm not doing it for Toffoli. I'll do it for LeBanc. But he's again, old. you have to sign LeBanc. Yeah, okay, but he's older is what I'm saying. Is what you're saying. You wouldn't do it for a guy like LeBanc who's older? No, I wouldn't. I oh. think Jake actually has a better... I think Jake actually has a chance to be a better player than LeBanc. To put up 60 points almost? He put I up think, 56 last year. Huh? He put up 56 points last year. Okay, I think that Jake Vertanen could still be better. I actually think... Offensively. Yeah, I think there's more there. I actually believe... Uh, I don't it. know if there's more there, to be honest with he, you. I think he could be a 20-goal, a 25-assist, 45, 40, 40, 45-point 40, guy who chips in... So you'd rather have LeBanc? 
who's going to put up 60 points potentially on your top on your second line. What yeah. is he, he he's having a bad year right now. He put up 56 last year. As a contract year for him and he's having a bad year. I think to be honest That's not good. That's not a good sign. There's probably like some sort of handshake deal cuz he should never have signed a 1 million dollar deal. Well yeah, in his contract year and he's playing bad. And he's probably but yeah, I would assume and that there's Jake's playing better. And San Jose is Jake's gonna, also younger. San Jose is going to Jake's also him. bigger and he's more meant to all play. of that stuff he's also also one of those players did you hear what uh T'Chuck said the other day or, y- or yesterday no could we could we could we find a way to run that what? it's on calgary flames twitter account if, you, if we could find it uh just listen to the audio and just tell me what you think think about it okay ryan will try and dig that up um <laughs> i don't know I'm, I, I'm very uh i'm on jake's side because the fan base Listen, here I'm has, on Jake's, is so fickle. I They're think so that, fickle. I think that people think that right now I'm hating on Jake. I'm not hating on Jake. I think that Jake, like I said, he's playing great. I don't even care about offense right now because I'm confident in his ability to score a few more goals this year. Could he get to 20? Hopefully. Could he not? I don't know, but he's going to get to 15 at least. Right? So I'm confident about that. I want to. I want to know. Fifteen, three exa- goals. Exactly. He's, he's gonna get, get that. He's, he's gonna get twenty. He's gonna get. Hey, dude, we said that last year. Okay, by time. the way, by the way, before we keep going, Desi Munda, <laughs> Jason, um, Jason on the SCT group chat. I have a message for you, bud. Skate jersey. I want the skate jersey. What was the bet? So $20? we we made a bet. 20, 20 no, goals? no, 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 no. Not twenty dollars. We got 20, 20 goals. So on I don't know why, but maybe this is why I defend Jake so much because I had to hear. For, like I was a fan of Jake before, and uh, I was a fan of him, and I was like saying that he's a good player, and everybody in the group was like hating on him, right? So then, the more and more hate, the more they just kept it just kept getting to me. I'm not gonna lie, it kept getting in the WhatsApp group, the SCT WhatsApp group, yeah, and that's why we started the podcast based the, on a WhatsApp group, yeah, yeah. WhatsApp group, right? SCT Strictly Canucks Talk. Um, so it just kept bothering me that he was he was one of the guys that would just chirp Jake, and I don't know why it bothered me, but it bothered me. And then uh, he and then he randomly just messaged the group saying, "If Jake scores twenty goals, I'll buy you a jersey." <laughs> and I didn't make anything out of it, to be honest. But then it, the the hate got so bad in the group that I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna fucking get this jersey. I'm gonna when he scores twenty, I'm gonna go to this guy's house and fucking get his jersey because it, it was just too much hate." You know? I know, uh, yeah, and look, listen. I think he will get to twenty goals, I and hope. that's why I root for Jake even more now. Is because I could get a free jersey, boys. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> exactly. That's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just said like, hey, he's at twelve goals. We'll get to fifteen. Well, he's at eleven last year, and he didn't. We got to fifteen. Obviously, he's gonna get to twenty. I I think he'll get to twenty. Come listen, on, Roger. Hey, come on, Roger. All I'm saying is broken collarbone. All I'm saying Can you is play, okay. All I'm saying, I'm it's not even painful. No, dude. I had listen. I haven't even said this point yet. Or I have. I've been trying to. Okay, okay, okay. Is that I want him better defensively. I want him as a better overall NHL player. Want him more engaged physically. I want him better when he has the puck on his stick mm-hmm. to not just make a a, a random puck into the now? corner. Yeah, he has been doing that. He has been doing. He has that. been doing so that, but he hadn't been doing that two weeks ago. He never two did weeks that. ago. He, he never did that. Two weeks ago. Dude, this guy's been on a point per game pace for the last like dude, 16 games. He wasn't he was getting points, but he wasn't making plays, if you know what that means. You know what I mean? He wasn't being like there was that pass in uh, three, maybe three or four games. I can't remember which one it was, but it was on the power play, I believe, where the puck came to him. And usually what we would have seen from a guy like Vertanen was take that puck, look at the net, and quickly throw it on goal or throw it behind the net or whatever. But he was able to look, put his head up, look across the ice, find his option. I think he found Josh Levo at the time, and then Levo set somebody else up for a goal. He created a play. I think he's been good all year, man. 
I don't think he was good at that. I think he's picked up on those things. Last now, year, and, maybe he wasn't those, as good, but that's. But, but those that, are the things that I'm looking more but at. That's Jake. why his and conditioning took a hit because he was working on those things during the summer. But, okay, you but, know that, right? But that's why that I'm more impressed with him now than I am necessarily with goal scoring wise. Do you have that clip? I'm happy that you are. Is this the clip where he's talking about that Vancouver looks like a playoff team? Yeah. Okay. I do have it, and I just want to say that in Todd Bertuzzi's first year in the league, 18 goals, 21 assists, 39 yeah. points. I was going to say, he actually, he actually did very well. Okay. So, yeah. I'll we'll run the clip. First period, we got dominated the whole period. The, you know, they, we looked like the team that maybe was playing on the back-to-back. But um, in the first, I thought the second... You know, I, I thought we did some good things in the second. You know, able to get one before the third. And, I mean, that that four one. You know, the ten minutes left kind of kind of hurt a bit. But I think tonight uh, our power play wasn't uh, good enough. I saw t- I had too many turnovers on that, and we're just not. I um, weren't clicking on there tonight. I thought their kill did a good job, and you know, our, um, just I think in, in general they did a, they did a really good job on their special teams over there, and. Um, you know they're they're a hard team to play against. They're a fast team. They're big bodies. They're you know built for kind of like a playoff team over there. So um, they're um, they uh, you know where it looked look really fast, especially early coming off back to back, which is pretty good. Looking like a playoff team built over there is what he said. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? It makes me bleed like Jovan. <laughs> 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 I love it. Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Joe. I love you. Oh my god. Um, we'll get on the show someday. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> okay. Anyways, yeah. okay. You brought that up in this conversation. Do you think he's referring specifically to Vertanen? No, I think he's referring to the team, and Jake Vertanen brings that kind of element. Well, that third line does, right? I think yeah. Godet's like Godet's a fairly big guy. He doesn't necessarily he's play, not strong. Yeah, but he doesn't he's necessarily tall. play. He doesn't yeah. necessarily play with like physical attributes, but he's a center. He's like chippy. He's yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's chippy. He goes into the deep corners too, and for a center, yeah. like that's pretty crazy, especially for a guy who's young. Uh, so he's been playing very well. We already know about Roussel Vertanen. Like I said, is picking up on it, so that's good. So that third line is really impressive. Mm-hmm. The bottom six of the Canucks, as much as people talk shit about that team, I think it's like I honestly love. I their, love Tyler Mott. I love I, Mott. I've liked him since. I last love year. Beagle. Uh, and uh, yeah, Schaller. No, I'm not necessarily. A big yeah, fan but of he's going to be gone next year. Yeah, anyways. they're not like Schaller played really well in the beginning when he scored like three goals in four games or whatever. He was playing good, and he was actually noticeable. And then, and that was the kind of guy that the Vancouver Canucks originally signed, where he scored 12 goals with Boston on their fourth line, and now he comes in last year, played like shit. This year. Started off good, and now we're seeing, like, yeah, some element of that good fourth line from him. And, yeah, it's really not there. But what I do like about that fourth line, though, is that they're very they're very greasy, and they keep the puck in the other team's zone, right? Yeah. So, like, it's a dump and that chase. That line is legit. It's, it's, it's a dump and chase system. Yeah. It's, like, archaic hockey almost. Yeah. And even though it's just, like, a couple of years old, but it's going to be archaic soon. And they, they dump the puck in, but they're able to keep the puck there. So they don't get a whole lot of shots on goal, but they're able to grind down the other team defensively. Yeah. And you get a whole lot more tired mm-hmm. in your defensive zone than you do when you're cycling the puck in the offensive mm-hmm. zone. So they're able to get the other teams tired, and they're able to grind them down, mm-hmm. do their job, and then quickly get off and make a change. Mm-hmm. So I like Jay Beagle. I love Tyler Mott, who plays with so much speed. He plays physically, too, for a guy yeah. who's not that big. Yeah, man. He plays physically. Jay Beagle's great. 
I think they need an additional fourth line guy on that. I mean, maybe it's like Josh Levo. You never know. They're probably not going to sign him, as you said. But maybe it's a guy like that who plays gritty. We got Dak McCune. I thought he played well when he was here. Yeah, I think the biggest thing thing with him is is the speed. He has a speed, but I think he hits everything. And that's what you need on that line where, you know, you just see the big boy. I think... I think I would like a little bit. I want to see him because Mott and him never got to play together. But I want to see him, Mott, and Beagle. I would want a little bit more offense, maybe, maybe, maybe like an offensive guy that's physical, like Alivo. I think McCune has some offensive capabilities, like not like like. And I'm a guy, like I'm a traditionalist. I'm like super old school, and so I like I am like you know fighting should stay in hockey forever, Mm -hmm. and like so these. I, I want a really rough and tumble fourth line. I'm not a guy who's going to put, like, Cole Lind. I heard somebody say put Cole Lind in the fourth line next year. thing is, Cole Hell Lind no. actually can play that role because he is pretty chippy. Like, uh, I don't want From Cole his Lind. junior days, like, he's one of those guys that it He's hits. an offensive player, man. He's I know he is. He's an offensive player, six. but then why would you want Jake there? Because Jake's supposed to be a power forward. <laughs> but Jake Cole Lind is too, man. No, he's not. Yeah, he is, But man. first of all, Jake... Jake <laughs> Is supposed to be a power forward, but he doesn't play like a power okay, forward, well, so he's not let's a power move forward. Move on from Jake. I, I think Quadrelli. I don't want to. I don't want to sh- call out Quadrelli right now, and mm-hmm. I, and I'm sorry for like. Let's call. It, if we want to call someone out, we got to call out the producer for the large cast. Let me let me just say this one point. Gol- about Quadr- Gol- Golzar. Let me just play this. Say this one point about David Quadrelli. I like your shit, um, and I I read this article, and I think he's, um. I I where the, I think the article I think it was him was like Jake Vertanen is a power forward, and I'm like no he's not. You just said he is. I'm saying that's what he was when he first came into the league, so that's why he was playing that role. Now Vertanen hasn't been playing physically up until now. Actually, now he's he leads a team in hits, man. Dude, he, you're, you're telling guy? me that he's playing gritty because he's leading the team in hits. He has not <laughs> been. <laughs> he hasn't been. These are facts behind the point. Dude, Same. he hasn't been playing gritty at all for his last this season or last year. He wasn't engaged. Whoa, physically. you have a narrative against Jake because that's not Dude, well, that's, that's not true. You're at telling all. me that he's been our most physical. He's been he's been pissing. He's been a pest this year. I feel like he has this been, year he's been better. You just said he wasn't. You said he wasn't. Dude, this I think year. this last, last like a week and a half. Last year's weeks. done. We could not talk about right, last, let's not year talk about last let's year. Let's not talk. Let's talk about this year. And he's brought that swag to the. I uh, think the when team. you look at a guy like Antoine Roussel. You notice it. Antoine every single is not shift. as skilled as Jake, though. No, I know, but just the phys- we're just talking physically right now. He leads the team in hits, man. You can't even like that's facts behind the that's facts behind the statement there. You can't say he's not gritty, but then he does like you, you can say he's not gritty and then say um, the look of the hits like he doesn't have enough hits for what he should, but he actually leads the team in hits. So okay, but how many do you know who needs are, to be more gritty? Actually, do you, know who, do you know who you need to criticize a little bit more? Is Bo Horvat because he oh, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't play like he should be like, like no, he should be playing. Bo Horvat's a whole different yeah like Bo Horvat right like as yeah. the captain as the leader of the team. All right, let's move off this Jake for Tad and cover. Yeah, but like like Bo Horvat, like you're saying that Jake doesn't hit, but Bo Horvat needs to Bo Horvat needs to hit more, man. He's passing up hits. I've noticed Bo Horvat pass up hits. That's not a good thing. Yeah, you know what? The, here's the thing with Bo Horvat. I think, I think he's gonna eventually get going. I'm not saying I'm not calling out Bo here, sort of him. But and I'm not. I never meant to call out David Quadrilli either. All I'm saying is I don't think that he's a power forward. But anyways, um, about the um, the yeah though the Bo Horvat thing, he has been playing like, you know what? He's been playing like he's a third line center, and in a, which is not good. But that's because that's the role he's sort of in, I guess. But that's, no, he's not. But with the line mates, like he hasn't had. He's legitimate. on the first unit power play, man. 
Yeah, and that's a role where I think he should be taken off of. And you, Adam can't take got, a, you can't take him off. I think God because should be you can't. No, no, you cannot fucking fuck with the second unit chemistry and the first unit. Our power play is one of the best power plays in the league. Let's leave it the way it is and hope Bo figures it out because Bo will eventually Dude, figure but like, it out. Come on, man. You're telling... Yeah, you're right about that. Like, I, I understand not fucking with the chemistry and stuff like that, but if you're taking Bo Horvat off of the first unit power play and putting him on the second unit power play, the second unit power play should be better with Bo Horvat, hopefully. Are you, are you uh, unless, like... Dude, I know they're doing good, but, like, uh, in theory... You're putting a guy who has put Low up key, Tyler Myers almost? made the second unit better. Oh yeah, I, Low I key did. On that. He did. Tell he us. Uh, I don't even want to talk about Tyler. But Myers Tyler Myers is like, is like he. The one thing I'll say about him is yeah, there's noticeable noticeable mistakes. Like, oh, very noticeable. Very mistakes. very noticeable. But on a game mistakes. where Calgary, like where he's moving his feet and he's mm, actually he's making good. plays, he's he does good. a lot of good things. But he does a lot of things that just drive you crazy. Like when he gets stuck out there, he does not move. Like, yeah. he, like in the second period when there's a long change, <laughs> yeah, he does not move. He's not but, good at moving his and feet he holds on to the puck a lot when he shouldn't. He should just move the puck right away. Um, but I've noticed like he's an upgrade. I've noticed still. that the fans. He is an upgrade, but six million dollars, right? I noticed that the fans like to pick at him because of the money he makes, which is fair. Yeah, no, it's which not is fair. Fi- which is no, which is fair because it's not fair. I don't think. You know if why he makes a certain amount of money, I think it is fair to it's, criticize it's him. It's fair when it comes to... But they don't point out the good things he does. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what I don't like. It's fair, though. It's fair, like, if you're actually going to watch him and then do it. Yeah. Right? But, I don't like, dude, we're in December. Yeah. If the criticism started, like, a month ago or even now, like, sure, that makes sense. Because that means you've given him an sh- opportunity. Well, the point production wasn't there. And now it's starting no, to but get the, there a little bit now. The 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 hatred towards him started before he even signed the contract. Yeah, which is That's unfair. my biggest problem with it is like you didn't give him a chance to begin with yeah. and now all of a sudden you're going to sit there and say like, yeah. oh yeah, well we told you so but like this is the kind of player that you signed for. But it's for. okay to hate on Jake. I'm not <laughs> saying that the contract is good. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. No. <laughs> hey, listen, all I'm saying is I like the way Jake's playing. Yeah. Let's hope he continues mm-hmm. and I don't know. Anyways, Bo Horvat. Yeah. I think he should be taken off that first unit power play. Yeah. I don't know about that, man. I don't. I just I don't, don't think. I just think he like you know, chemistry. Defensively, he's honestly he's been a liability out there this year. He hasn't been good defensively. Offensively, he's still gonna pick up points mm-hmm. with a guy like Tanner Pearson right now, who's doing very well. That's good to see. Mm-hmm. You do want to see another top six forward with them. Maybe it's Michael Furland. Maybe it's somebody else that they acquire. But. Other than that, like I don't know, you, you do just have to hope that this team does well. And well, what Tanner Chris, Pearson's carrying. But what Chris Johnson right said on on Sportsnet today uh, was that like he doesn't think that there's going to be a whole lot of trade activity. He thinks yeah. it could be a quiet year. So what the Vancouver well, Canucks are going to do? Look at the parity in the league. Like the the it's so close. Like the standings are so tight. Exactly. Um, and the fact that the teams are all so close together that there's probably a team out there that probably like a buyer team is probably like, yo, we're like oh. right in this race. We can still catch up. Why risk a trade? And you know. So um, yeah, no, you're right. Um, Roger Shergill, Tambia Rana. We're going to bring Ryan Lee Hall into this next conversation. Mm-hmm. It is uh, December 30th as we record this episode. So it's the uh, final Monday of the decade. On Wednesday will be a new year, new decade. And so we thought we would do our uh, decade all Canucks team. Uh, so let's start off. Ryan, who do you got? All Canucks team of the decade? Yeah. Roberto Luongo has to be in it, no? Yep. So wait, are we going? Are we going a full team? I don't or are we know. Going okay, this is what we do. No, we'll do the we'll do the starting five. But I got a question: okay. Does it have to be right wing, left wing, center, or can it be like no, a best center forward. playing best forwards? Just the best teams, right? Best forwards and best defense. Okay, cool. Ah, uh, yes, sure. Let's like yeah. it's from twenty ten to now. Yes. Yeah, and okay. there's been a lot of bad years. Okay, there. well, okay. 
Okay, we're not so, doing the West Coast Express here. No. Uh, okay, so we're doing the Sedines. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we just got to pick a right winger. Yeah. And then all, then we're doing defenseman and a goalie. So goalie, I think we agree, is Luong. Yeah. Yeah. Backup goalie, Ryan Miller, Corey Schneider. Oh, Ryan Miller. Jacob Mixstrom. Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller. He, do you know, low-key, low-key, Ryan Miller has played a part in Jacob Markstrom right now. In my opinion. Ryan Miller was good, yeah. Yeah, he was playing ahead of Jacob Markstrom, and he actually, I think he actually helped Jacob Markstrom become the goal. Like, he's calmer, like, with the media and stuff. Like, yeah. he's a really competitive guy. He could lose his temper really quick, and I feel like Ryan Miller was one of those goalies, too. And he, I feel like he's helped him. So who's your right winger with the Sedins, Ryan? It's got to be Burroughs, no? It doesn't have to be a right winger. It could be a center. It could be anyone. No, it could be anybody? The best forward. Yeah. So does Pedersen, or are you putting him as a center? Pedersen could count. Yeah. Yeah. Pedersen. He can count. You it think Pedersen in, in the last two years? Yeah. Over Ryan Kessler, who put up yeah. more points than Elias Pedersen? Yeah, no, it's Pedersen. Ryan Kessler put up more points than Elias Pedersen. Okay, yeah, him, that's a him, fact. Let him do his list. Let him do his list. But it has oh, to be oh, Pedersen. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, and then defenseman, too. See, defenseman's an interesting one because you're going to say Quinn Hughes, but it's like he's only been here for, yeah. you know, he hasn't been here that long. So for, like, defenseman, for me, it would have to be Edler just because he's been here for the whole decade. Yeah. yeah. And then your other pairing would, like, I want to say Erhoff, but he only really had one one year in this decade, right? I think he had two, right? He played for for two years. No, one year Edler? in the decade because he left after the final. Yeah, I did. He only was here for one year? He was here for two. Well, he, he was, was here the year before that. Yeah, but it was before the Oh, decade. it was the year before that? Yeah. Oh, fuck. So it has to be Edler, and then it would either be Hamhuis or Bieksa, and I'd go Bieksa. Wow. Uh, Hamhuis or Bieksa? It'll be Edler, yeah. Hamhuis or Bieksa? So who's your forward? So you got the scenes, and then you have... I'd have to go Pedersen. Okay, but how about Raja? Okay, I'll go... I think I have to go Ryan Kessler. And then I'll go um, Edler for sure. Chris Tanev could be on that because he made his debut in 2011. Tanev's, yeah, he's had the whole decade. He's had the whole decade, so... Did you get your second... You got juiced, right? Yeah. Okay. I, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to go with juice. I'll probably go with Ham Hughes. He was on that 2014 Olympic team as well. He was one of the best defensemen mm-hmm. that we've had. He's going to go down as like one of the best defensemen in Canucks history, which kind of sucks, but <laughs> we're defensemen yeah. have lacked. Yeah, I, I would go with the Sedins, and then I would definitely go with uh, Kessler because I think Kessler... So underappreciated. I know the yeah. way he left was he should go to the ring of honor. Yeah, I think he should too. He's he was unreal. Like, oh god, he's one of my favorite players ever for the Canucks. Yeah, and then uh, I'd go Edler for sure. And that's that last defenseman spot's a hard one because Juice has Juice has better better history here, but Hamus was a better defenseman. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because. Right? Edler or Bieksa has like the the San Jose goal and yeah. everything like that. He was just a good personality in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of the and Hughes is a little bit more quiet, right? Or more introverted. So yeah. like you don't necessarily he's not like a fan favorite necessarily, mm-hmm. even though he's a great defenseman. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna put Bieksa in there. Just because I think for a defenseman we can even go pairings. Like I think finding six of the decade it might be a little like we might start arguing. Okay, but well I'll I'll go with Bieksa just because his podcast is awesome. <laughs> And that got Kessler. So we've got Edler, Bieksa, Hamus. Who would be your fourth? Tanov. I think Tanov has to be in there. Yeah, Tanov has to be in there. And then who's your five and six? Sammy Salo? Christian Erhoff? Sammy Salo only played one, two years Two years in the decade? Two years in the decade? Yeah, so like Sammy Salo would have been in my decade last, the previous decade, I think. I think if you're going four and five, you've got to put Quinn Hughes in there now. Because now all of a sudden he's... Yeah, if you're going that deep. Yeah, so you've got Quinn Hughes. And then it's Sammy Salo probably. Can you put Brock in there? If you're looking at a full team, yeah. 
You can if you think about it if because he played at, three years. In okay, the then who's your second line center? You could even put Bo and put both. Or if we're gonna go full team, then your second line center would be Kessler. Then your second line would be Kessler. You put Burrows on the first line. Yeah, and then your two wingers on the second line would be Kessler and Besser. It would be Besser, Besser and, and Patterson. Uh, yeah, you have to go Patterson. Yeah. Third line center would be Horvat. Horvat. Yeah, and then you would put in. Oh, okay, that's a tough one now. Now it's getting hard. Now it's Mike, getting hard. Chris Higgins. Chris no, Higgins. No, no, no. Michael Samuelson. No, no. Samuelson had one, one year in the decade, decade, right? Oh, damn. Well, one and a half, technically. Yeah, I keep forgetting that one. Maybe Mason Raymond? Maybe Mason Raymond. I would yeah, put Mason but when did he score his 25-goal season? He was before. It was the final year of the yeah, year Yeah, it wasn't the 2011 year. No, it was. 20, it was he a, had a good year. In it the, was a year before 2011. Yo, he had a really good year when it was a shortened season, I'm pretty sure. It was a, it was a year before 2011 where he got 25. Yeah, it was the season before. So 2009. Well, yeah, Yannick Hansen has to be in there, too. Hansen's got to be somewhere in there. I think it's Hansen Raymond, and then it would be... Higgins on the fourth line? Higgins, who's your yeah. fourth line center? Nick Benino? Fourth only line one center. Year, right? One year only, but he had like 40 points as a fourth line center. No. What, no, no Brandon Sutter? He's been here for five years. <laughs> Might as well give it to him. No. No, I'm not going Brandon. Let's see. Or we could um, go like Max Lapierre if we go by roles. Could go Lapierre, you could no. go Malhotra. Did he play? Yeah, he played the well, year after the final. Are we going by roles or are we going by like best player? Best player. Best you player. would have to go best player. If you're looking at only centers for the center spot, then like Nick Benino probably. Uh, but he only played one year here. 40 points. I know. Yeah. But I'd go with the guy with the history because he's played here longer. I would go with uh, Manny Malhotra. Because Manny Malhotra played two years. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he played the year. Manny Malhotra without the injury. I feel like we're forgetting somebody bullshit. very like, prominent. Well, if, if Malhotra is a center, who are your fourth line wingers? Again, we're not. Rafi Torres. Oh, so are we going by roles and stuff? Like, no, just. I'm going to go Rafi Torres because he was so good for that one year. But then, like that's, I'm sure there's better players than Rafi Torres. Like, and then if you're talking about, I like, say we move on from this and uh, choose our favorite moment of the decade. Okay, as sure. Because that <laughs> was just hard. Ryan, favorite know. moment of the decade. Well, what do you think it's it's going to be? Probably. I'm going to go game five. Bexa. Bexa game five for the finals. The okay, to the finals. Um, just for the sake of like being different. Yeah. Obviously, everybody has Slay the Dragon. I'm not going to say one. Slay the Dragon either. Yeah, so everybody knows that. That's like number one yeah. for everybody. But after, and then that's BX is number two. But then after that, it would, mine would be probably uh, the Burroughs overtime goal in game two versus Boston. Yeah, that one, that one over game five, Lapierre? Oh, game five, Lapierre. No, I don't know. But game two versus Boston was like Canucks drop 2 nothing in the Stanley Cup final, man. They got this. Yeah, yeah. still they got this. Match yeah. up here, put you up 3-2. They yeah, put you up have to win one more. Yeah, but, but, they at, that point, but at that three point, two. Canucks had already gotten shit kicked by Boston. They were going yeah. back to Boston. But they the had two chances to win it. They had to, I, I had no doubt. In game, going into game six, I was like, okay, yeah, they could potentially lose. But going into game seven, I'm like, no doubt about it. I don't care what the score is in game six. We're winning game seven. No doubt. And then, obviously, they didn't. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... Tamber's going with them drafting Jake for Tamber. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to go with... Uh, so I'm not going to pick a playoff one. I'm going to pick the Sedin's retirement game. Okay. That game, yeah. where it was, it was pretty crazy. Like, yeah. being there was fun. And the way it ended was perfect. And yeah, I know yeah. the team was bad. It was very, like, But it was... Book. It felt like... Like, it felt like their whole career was just celebrating that one game. Yeah. And that sort of made me remind uh, of the 2011 Cup run and, yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. Well, so, you know what? Because that was the most, like engaged fans yeah. were yeah and we were all like united yeah exactly since 2011 so that would be well, my favorite moment what would you say it was pretty the, emotional what would you say are the best like moments that aren't necessarily on the ice moments oh i have one i have the clip too okay okay i want to win a cup <laughs> and i don't know if you guys want to win a cup i want to win a cup <laughs> 
That was a pretty good moment. That was, <laughs> that was a that sick was moment. Elite. One more time. That was great. I want to win a cup. And I don't know if you guys want to win a cup. I want to win a cup. <laughs> that was a great moment. Was that from 2014? Yeah, that was 2014. Wow. You know what? I was really mad that they traded Cassie. And I think I told you guys this. Yeah, I was mad too. Especially yeah. for fucking Brandon, Brandon Prust. Prust. Yeah, that was a really bad one. Cause yeah. And a fifth. That's why I was complaining about we the fourth the line. Fifth. Yeah, oh, that's why I was complaining about the fourth line because... You had fucking Dorset. Who was I like Dorset? You could put him in the de- all decade. Uh, yeah. If you talking, talking about roles, yeah, fourth like line. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so like I didn't mind Dorset, but then it was um, Brandon Pruss was like making like th- two and a half million too, and then uh, it was well they traded him for off ice. Who issues. was our fourth line, uh, center when uh, during his year? Yeah, was that the Torts year or was it that? was really expensive, yo? That's was why it? I was complaining. It was fourth like a $6 million dollar fourth line. Yeah, you were saying you're spending $4 million on a f- two fourth line six players million, or something like that. $6 million on a fourth line. Not, no, $9 um, million on a fourth line. It would have been Prust and like... What year is this? 2014? Yeah. It wasn't Sutter. I thought they had like fucking Zach Dalpy or something that year. No, no. Whatever. No, it doesn't I even matter. Remember. The fact is that they traded Cassian and look what Cassian is doing right now. I know he's playing with McDavid. Hey, but well, Cassian, know, is, but Cassian is going to get paid and how much is he going to get paid? Yeah. What, by Edmonton or by any other team? Like, how yeah. much would a team pay Cassian? Like would you pay, if you're a GM, would you pay, not Jim Benning necessarily, but just any GM, would you pay him $4 million? Oh, that's <laughs> a tough one. Because he's pretty old now, too. Well, uh, if I'm Zach Cassian... I'm well, asking for three and a half, four. I'm looking at the Michael Furlan deal, and then I'm yeah, looking for more. I think he's going to get Michael Furlan money. But I'm looking at more than Furlan, because Furlan has well, concussion McDavid issues. is going to try getting him paid, but pretty much what's happening right now... These but Furlan had concussion problems, got 3.5 for four. If I'm Cassian, I'm like, okay, well, I play the same way as this guy. I think Cassian's a better offensive player, but whatever. He's really skilled. He's really skilled, yeah. and he's more engaged physically. And mm-hmm. also, the other thing, he's had substance abuse abuse issues, but he's cleaned that up. Yeah. And he's just been healthy. Like, he hasn't I think, been I hurt. think he's more three and a half, four kind of million. I think he's going to be closer to four it. than he is three and a half. Yeah, I think I would 3. pay 7. him three and a half, almost four. I think I would pay him four, just because yeah. he plays so well with those two. Well, he plays. But what if you're? A, but what if you're not Edmonton? What if you're like another team that you're signing with? Then I'm team? not. I would do it if I'm Edmonton. But what if you're another team? I wouldn't. I, if I'm the Canucks, I'm not doing it. If it's any team, I'm not doing it. Not just because of Edmonton, he fits so well with those two. Right? But he's not. He's not making less than that three point three and a half. I don't he's not making less than three and a half. No, he's making like three. I think he's like three point well, eight range. All decade teams, Zach Cassian's in there for me. Really? Yeah. Because he was good, man. He just he was good. But he just the, had. He, just he was had like drug the Vertanen before man. the Vertanen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I was back then. I was on like your side of the argument. I was fucking actually. Vertanen's actually progressed quicker if you look at the numbers. Because that guy yeah. didn't have a four fifteen goal season with the Canucks. His highest was fourteen. <laughs> yeah, and he had like <laughs> 30. Oh, same thing basically. But yo, like Vertanen's on he pace had... for twenty already. And I think Zach I think his uh, best year was uh, fourteen goals, fifteen assists, twenty nine points. I think the Canucks. I think games. the Canucks never gave. Cassian a good shot and yeah. a lot of that was his own doing his problem yeah but yeah. like he was if he had stayed I think that what he's doing with Edmonton now mm-hmm. I think he could have done that with the Canucks too to be honest like I do believe that maybe not as successful but yeah. I think he could have been a useful piece mm-hmm. on the team the off-ice moment stuff and other than my uh, awesome I would say probably towards Storm in the dressing room yeah that's, that's that was one. pretty good that is, that's I was cool. gonna say uh, fucking Luongo getting traded yeah uh, the deadline or the day before the deadline or whatever that, that game itself just the game itself or the was the, the Burroughs uh, going at a Stefan Ogier? That was a goal no, nine, right? That was a goal nine. Or before eight. that was before the decade. That was yeah. a nine. But like, I, you know what I loved? I loved the Kessler bombing the cameras oh, yeah. in the dressing room. That was pretty funny. 
But yeah, like the yeah. the whole Heritage Classic thing, just the lead up to yeah, not have Luongo play. Yeah. I can't believe that's like what? Like, how do you not play him? It was mm-hmm. that, then it was the trade, and then it was the Tim and Sid. Remember the rant that oh, the yeah. Sid went on? Sid went on. And it was a good rant. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was terrible. Now Sid's Canucks. like the biggest Pe- Canucks fan. People mm-hmm. talked about like the, the Canucks team being bad for the, for the last number of years, and they were bad. They were the worst team in the league. But. But what happened in that torts year was far more worse than what the Canucks have been through. Because in 2016 and 17, they were expected to suck. We were supposed to be in a rebuild and whatever. We signed Louis Erickson and shit, but the team was supposed to suck. And they were supposed to be fucking bottom feeders. And they were. But in 2014, this was a team that should still be in the playoffs. You brought in a new coach. And all of a sudden, this team that still had Stanley Cup expectations, at least from its own fan base, is crumbling. Do you know what the best, the the worst part about that was? They went on a crazy run in December. They did. They were like one of the they, hottest teams yeah, in the league. Yeah, and then in January. And that's why, like, yeah, I don't, the, ever since what Torts did, it just well, upside yeah, down. Flipped, yeah, because Torts did that. Then Mike Sullivan took over. Yeah. And then, and then when he came back, it just shit went was crashing just, down, man. And then he just never played. Yeah. That was a tough one for sure. That was a tough year. That's what maybe why I was like pissed off. Too. That was the worst year. But that was like, actually the summer after, my bad. 2015 summer. I won a cup. <laughs> Where did you say that again? Uh, the summer Summit? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, Summer Summit, yeah. Is that like who of, was, they who got rid of it, man? They got rid of it, yeah. yeah. Who was there? Like what Lyndon Willie and um Benning was there. Benning, I was yeah. there the year after then. I wasn't there the year you were no, there. No, they got rid of it. Aquilini was there too. Then. No, I was there the year after. I was the year I was there for the year where it was the Matthews draft. So the Matthews draft But that they never had one because they uh they, got rid of it after mine. Was yours like a season ticket mine was, one? mine was the last one, yeah. Was yours season? I had yours a, might have been the draft party. It was Yolevi. No, no, no. I wasn't there for that. I was, dude, it was a summer summit, man. Or it was, I don't know if it was. It cons- have, was there a season ticket holder of it? Yeah. It might have been a private one. Yeah, okay. That's what it was. Because it was. It was, it was they I got rid of the public one. It, was, it wasn't even a public one, to be honest. It was a season ticket holder's event as well. But it was a bigger deal. Like, they like, yeah, promoted yeah, yeah. it and they shit. They promoted now, it, yeah. Now it's like so, private. It's like sent through emails only yeah so that's where i was yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it was a matthews draft and actually I, I gotta find a clip but my buddy stood up and just yelled tank for matthews and yeah. then jimbo looked at him no, and then, smiled. then i was at that one you you're at the tank for matthews one because if matthews wasn't already drafted because uh Vertanen got drafted the year before uh matthews well, no, no, two years before that was, yeah never mind. my bad yeah two years before yeah, i was tank for Matthews. yeah i don't even mean <laughs> anyways are we done here i think so well, thanks for joining us on this podcast. Ryan's going to get the music started first, and then we'll start the you think, okay, Before we go, yeah. do the Canucks continue this run? Because they play... Um, yes. They uh, play Chicago and New York next. Okay, well, here's the thing. I don't, know if they, I don't know if they continue this run, yeah. but they cannot... They cannot go on a run like they did late in November and just shit the bed. You know, that can't happen. They uh-huh. got to be above 500 in the next... In each of the 10 games they play, mm-hmm. right? In like 10 game increments, they got to be above 500. I think. And they have to just be, be consistent, right? Play to your strengths, play your game, don't shut the bed. And hey, if Jacob Markstrom has to bail you out, that's the kind of team you are. They're not winning the cup this year, but you just got to play your game. I think they beat Chicago and they lose to New York. So they're going to go on a six game winning streak here. They're going to beat Chicago? So Chicago's coming up. And then lose to the Rangers on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Be, I think that's what it's going to be. And that 94 rematch. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, the, I might go to that game. But yeah. The, 25 years gonna ago. It's going to be a good ending, eh? 25 years ago. Yeah. That 94 said. Season's going to have a good ending. Yeah. A great ending. I can't wait for that. And a decade ago 
when the Blackhawks rivalry started. This has been the SCT Show. Roger Shergill filling in for Nam Man, Tanby Arana, Ryan Lee Hall is the producer. Thanks for listening, and in the words of the great Nam, that's a wrap.